Hello, everyone, and podcast listening land. I'm Karen Devaney. And I'm Ann Barner. And, and we're, we're sisters. sisters. Welcome to Sugarcoated Murder, where we'll discuss and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on. Yep, one of our favorite subjects murder. murder. Oh, and we love to bake. And why not combine our two favorite subjects baking and killers? Hello, Ann Varner. Hi, Karen Devaney. Welcome again to my kitchen. Thank you. Welcome again to social distancing. Yeah, it's getting old. Oh, it really so I will is. say in South Carolina, they open up the boat ramp. So on the way over to your house today, I did see many a boat with many water skiers outside. I'm sure they are all breathing in the fresh air quite deeply into their lungs. Yeah, because despite the fact that it's just April, it is 83 degrees here today yes, in Charleston. Quite, quite, quite warm today. And, um, and I, and, okay, I'm going to get this right. Okay. And, and, and I, see how that's difficult to say? <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were having a stroke. I was almost having a stroke. I was like coming over. So we took my dog Piper, who I'm sure will make an appearance on this podcast eventually because she's Hyper Piper. But we took her over to the dog park so that I could run over and get some packages out of the package locker. And and threw the ball to Piper. And Piper came home and I thought was going to die. But he stroked because she couldn't get enough water. And she was so tired she couldn't chew ice, which is one of her favorite things to do. <laughs> And then Annie and I had to take a little break before we could start on our podcast. We were so overcome with the heat. We were overcome from the vapors of the heat. Lord have mercy. Yes. So, what are you making in my kitchen? Because I'm real excited. Yeah, well, you know, um, it, it has been harder and harder to get things from the grocery store. Yeah. So, I wanted to make something this week that I felt like people might just have in their kitchen. You know, easy to make, not very complicated. Um, I found a recipe for oatmeal raisin cookies. I don't have raisins, and I haven't been to the store to see if I can get raisins, but I did have some dried cherries. And I love cherries. So I'm going to do an oatmeal cherry cookie. I just think that sounds fabulous to me. I'm glad you didn't have any raisins. (laughs) (laughs) And also, if you don't have anything in your pantry, you could maybe text or call a neighbor, a friend, or a sister and see if they have something and you could do a porch pickup for the items that they have that you need, and then you could do a porch drop off to give them whatever you've part of whatever you've made. That's a great idea. Yeah. So, and that would be a way to socialize, but distant. Yeah. 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 So today I'm going to tell you about a moida. Oh no! I know. I know. Brace yourself, Effie. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, this happens in Hamburg, New York. All right. Not Hamburger. It's not about the Hamburglar. It's not about the Hamburglar. It's not about a cheeseburger or a hamburger. It's Hamburg, New York. Are there any meat products involved? Not really. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. Um, it happens in June of 2013. Okay. Larry and Jill Wells were married. They were high school sweethearts. They were parents to a four-year-old daughter and were expecting a second child. Aww. Yes. Larry was a beloved assistant manager of a local Toys R Us. Oh, I miss Toys R Us. Me too. I know. And he was a former teacher. Okay. So, in the pre-dawn early hours of June of 2013, 
An, un, an armed assailant forced his way into the Toys R Us. What? Where Larry was getting an early start on his day. Larry was fatally stabbed and bled to death on the floor of his office. Who robs the Toys R Us? It's disgusting. You need a you need yeah. a robo dog that bad? Yeah, exactly. Do you really need that Cabbage Patch doll that badly? Really? Or that Barbie Dream House? Well, you're going to learn about it now. Okay. It is a quiet town in Erie County, New York. All right. It's south of Buffalo, and it sits on the shores of Lake Erie. It was named after the city of Hamburg, Germany. Oh. Yeah. Um, we actually passed, not through, but by Hamburg on our way to Black Lake, which is in Hammond, New York. Right. I remember so, vacationing there. Yeah. So, um... So we, we kind of skirt the outskirts of this place. So the crime rate in Hamburg is way below average. And Larry Wells' murder was the first murder they had seen in many, many years. As oh. a matter of fact, the murder rate had been zero until this one for a decade. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is not like a dangerous place where people get murdered a lot. So the townspeople were left dazed and confused from Larry's murder. No one that knew him had anything but positive things to say about him. He was known around town as a devoted father and husband, and people that worked for Larry considered themselves lucky because he was so kind and fair and caring. Oh, Larry. He was 35 years old at the time of his death. Oh, wow, so young. Very young. For some reason, when I think Larry, I think of like Larry David, and I think everybody named Larry is like in their late 50s, early 60s. Right. Turns out this Larry was 35. We're going to talk about the crime scene. The crime scene was pretty much the manager's office at the Toys R Us. Okay. Because of the low surveillance camera and the pre-dawn hours of the stabbing, there were no witnesses. Oh, yeah. The perpetrator did leave behind a 2000s meal while I tell it's out. And I'm back, and I'm hoping that my dog does not have another outburst, but she may hear some fuzz in the back of the background of our talking it's because I had to turn our white noise machine on that sits at the front door so that she doesn't jump every time my neighbor goes in and out of their apartment. <laughs> okay, so the perpetrator left a 2007 Florida Gators championship hat at the scene. Oh, okay. And DNA was found in the hat. Oh. oh. But there were no matches in the national database oh. for this DNA. There was a $25,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. So this left his wife, Jill, shattered. She was never able to return to their happy home. It was too painful. Yeah. Family and friends helped her secure a new home for she and her daughter and her baby on the way. Oh, that's so hard. But she was still haunted and lived being scared all of the time because she could not understand who or why would do this to Larry. Right. And she said it got to the point when she was in the grocery store and she would look around, even though there were familiar faces, she kept thinking, are you the one that did it? Oh, are you the no. one that did it? She jumped at every noise. She didn't trust people. It really did just oh, completely. Oh, what a terrible way to live. It's That's a very, hard. and she's expecting a baby now. Oh. And trying to raise a four-year-old who misses her daddy. Right. Larry had been her rock and her best friend since they met. At the age of 15, they had started dating. They were never apart after that. They even went to college together. Oh. Yep. Larry had once that's been... That's so a, sweet. Isn't yeah. that sweet? When you hear those stories, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's just, that's really impressive and really amazing. 
that, you know, that's just a sweet story. It's it a cute little love story. Very sweet. Yeah. So, Larry had once been an elementary school teacher, and Jill described how much he loved being a teacher. He loved the kids, he loved being in the classroom, he cared about his students individually and looked after them individually. Nice. Yes. But due to economic pressures, Larry left teaching to better provide for his family, and he took a job at the local Toys R Us. Now, isn't that sad? Yes, that a teacher has to leave his profession that he loves and go work at a Toys R Us to Retail. make more money? And he was probably making, when he started, he was a temporary worker, and he was probably making minimum wage. But because teachers are not very well paid at all, it's, you know, I mean, that's sad. And, and so the teaching profession and all of those potential kids that he could have influenced, that was a huge loss. Right. He takes his job um, at Toys R Us, which was supposed to be temporary, but he rose quickly through the corporate ranks. He managed people with kindness and empathy, and that's what he was known for in the company. When not working the hectic hours of retail, Larry was with his wife and daughter. As a matter of fact, a month before the murder, they had returned from a fabulous vacation in Myrtle Beach. Aww, I know. But with nothing to go on except for grainy footage of a man in a baseball cap and the baseball cap, the man was entering the Toys R Us at 420. There, there were no needs for months. Just nothing. Wow. The, the police did know that the killer had entered the store before Larry did, because they then saw after oh. they saw Larry coming through the parking lot. So the, the perpetrator so was, was in at four twenty a.m. Oh, Larry went in just before five. Right. Oh, wow. Right. Um, they also knew that the man had used a key to walk into the manager's office with the intent to steal. What? How did he get a key? And seven minutes in after the, they saw the man go into the Toys R Us. The surveillance system was disabled. <gasps> oh, that sounds like an inside job. Yes. Moments later, Larry walked in and was attacked and stabbed to death in the office. Oh, no. It's very sad. Did they steal anything? I'm Did getting you know? to that. Okay. Suddenly, an arrest is made. Oh. Mm -hmm. They arrest Bernard Bruxa. I think this is his name. Okay. Bruxa. G-R-U-C-Z-A. Gruxa, okay. Gruxa, whatever. Bernie. <laughs> he was the regional manager of Toys R Us. <gasps> what? So employees thought that was strange, especially since the day the store reopened after the death, that Bernie was at the store comforting the morning employees outside oh, the parking no. lot. Yeah. So police said they were in constant contact with him during the investigation because his management position was, he was the manager of theft and loss. Oh, gosh. Yeah, loss prevention is what it was. They said as they continued to talk to him, investigators said several pieces of evidence started to stack up against Bernie. Right. I don't know if he goes by Bernie. Well, he his does His name now. is Bernard. Don't care, Bernie. I, yeah, his name is Bernie. To me, and it always will be, unless it's scumbag. Right. So police said that his motivation was that he was stealing from the store because of a financial deficit left by his recent divorce. Wow. Of course, Bernie denied it all until the trial in June of 2014. Oh, wow. Right. So he took a plea deal, and he pled guilty. Did to he now? Yeah. God, really? 
pled guilty to manslaughter in the first degree. He originally was charged with second degree murder, but his plea deal was manslaughter in the first degree. Wow. So he was the regional manager of loss prevention, and he admitted that he had gone to the store in the wee hours of the morning to steal merchandise and electronic equipment. Damn. Which is why he unplugged the surveillance system. He was stealing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he wasn't premeditating the murder. Not he at was all. Premeditating he wasn't the expecting that Larry was going to show up and catch him. Mm. Doesn't make it better. It does not make it okay. So when Larry showed up at five, he attacked and stabbed Larry because Larry caught him in the office with the equipment. Wow. He said he was in a desperate financial situation. Well, I don't care what your financial situation is and how desperate you are, killing people is not the answer. Oh, no. Because guess what? When you kill people, you get caught, and then you don't get any money anyway. That's right. I mean, why can't people just read a damn murder book? I mean, come Watch on. Watch Dateline. Listen to a podcast already. Listen to a podcast and learn from us. Murder doesn't pay. There's no, there's no need. No. no need and it. it doesn't make it better. And it doesn't make it okay. And there's never a good excuse for cold-blooded murder. Never. No. Bernie is a scumbag. Bernie. He had also stolen from a Pennsylvania Toys R Us store that he was in charge of loss prevention. Oh. And he had been selling the surveillance electronics on eBay. Wow. Good old eBay. That morning of the killing, Bernie stood outside the store after the after the killing after the police had been called and everything bernie's outside and they have pictures of bernie hugging and consoling employees as they showed up and found out about their beloved manager that is just like you talk about scum yeah come on give me a break if you're gonna murder the guy then freaking leave the scene and don't don't play hero at the same time that makes it even worse i mean talk about rubbing salt in the wound Jeez. Yes. So he's out there helping the employees that are grieving, they're in shock, they're upset. Yeah, they've got it all on film. He's such a douche. Wow. He's a douche canoe. Ugh. So, um, let's see. Bernie, you're gross. You're Bernie, gross. Is, Bernie is scum. So because of the plea deal, there was no trial. But Jill was still given the opportunity to address the court and the scumbag. Good. And she did tell him, you took away. I punched him right in the throat. See, I think that should be allowed, but evidently they have this thing against them. I know. But she said, you robbed me of my best friend, and I don't know how to explain to my daughter that she has lost the best dad she could have ever had. Like, that's just, it's just gross. It's disgusting and despicable. And just no need for it. No. stopped. He could have said, 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 oh my gosh, this is broken. I'm so sorry. I was taking it for repair. Right. Or he could have said, I, I found this in the parking lot. And I found it this way. Yeah, yeah. I think we've been robbed. Just do something, but don't kill the guy. Asked White. He had so many opportunities to not do that. And to make it better. Oh. So, by the way, the DNA on the hat at the scene did match Barney. Yeah, I had a feeling. Also, there had been several employees at the store between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Oh. They were working stocking shelves overnight, <sighs> which is why Larry had gone in. Right. was because, you know, he had stockers that sure, were yeah, stocking shelves, and he would go happens. in and check on them, and then he would start his paperwork and stuff for the day. Right. 
and then you know he would be there for those employees that were working overnights and stuff because he came he cared he gave a shit and Bernie didn't so um, at one point one of the employees had heard an alarm and they radioed to Larry to shut it off oh but there was no radio reply oh so it kept going off so a female employee went to the office to find out where Larry was and that's where she found him dying on the floor oh and she called 911. Bernie had actually walked through security footage with the police at the scene because he's lost prevention and right. he knows how to work the surveillance camera. Yeah. He sat in that office where he had killed that man with the police and step by step went frame by frame to show them the, the footage on that. What are you looking for? I'm looking for a scooper, like that you scoop cookies with. Well, I'm not sure that I have one of those handy. Oh. Huh. So you might just have to do it the old-fashioned way with a spoon. All right. Well, folks, we're not going to have any um, cookies today because... Yeah, we are. Cause I can't work in these conditions. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a spoon, yes, they're right in front of you on the counter in oh, a, a utensil caddy. Understood. Mm -hmm. It's very fancy. Right? Oh, my God. These... Uh, Conditions These are conditions. Well, you'll have to put in some type of a hazmat pay I or will. something. I definitely Yes. Pay. So, anyway, Scumbag Bernie had sat with the police at the scene in that office and gone through the security footage. So he saw himself on the security footage, but knew it was too grainy for anybody to identify him. Oh and oh, by the way, he's sitting right there looking at his damn hat on the floor that he that he left when he walked out. But they also noticed in the security footage that whoever it was that came in there at 4.20 a.m., that person knew the store really well. And that person was able to scoot, like change aisles and stuff and seemed to know where the cameras were. Right. So he was always looking down or walking away from the camera. So that kind of piqued their interest, and that's why they kept talking to Bernie. Right. Yeah. Because Bernie, So he did everything wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure wherever he is, he's still doing it wrong. Oh, and he helped oversee, listen to this, he helped, not elped, I don't know, elped, <laughs> I don't know what, that's a, I'm sure that's a, like a Canadian type. Yes, that's, that's, that's Canadian. Canadian, that's not yep. Canadian coming out in me. Yeah. So he helped oversee um, the police getting DNA swabs of all the employees that were there at that time. Of course he did. But in August, the detectives were reviewing all the files. They realized, huh, there's no swab here for Bernie. Well, how about that? Well, we're going to have to go visit Bernie. And they found him at his dad's house, and they took a swab, and it was a dead match to that hat. Wow. And even when presented with that, when they went to arrest him and confronted him with the DNA evidence, right? he still proclaimed his innocence. He, was, he said, y'all are crazy. This is not me. So, so we know for sure it's you, jackass. Yeah. You're going to try and tell us that it's not you? So then police searched his house and found stockpiles of electronics and Toys R Us merchandise that he had been trying to sell on eBay. Oh, my God. Yeah. So later, Bernie admitted to having stolen over $250,000 worth of equipment and merchandise wow. from several Toys R Us stores where he was the regional manager of loss prevention. Wow, wow, wow. Can you say hashtag scumbag? Oh my God. It's toys are us. You don't steal from children's toys. Like, that's awful. 
So at the time, Scumbag had a $450,000 home. He drove a Cadillac Escalade, and he was over $1.2 million in debt, the regional manager of a Toys R Us. Like, come on, who's believing that? And he was divorced, he, and he went through a divorce, and of course, he got nailed for having all that debt, and his wife, I, I don't know, it was a really nasty divorce, and he didn't want to, he was in debt, and he couldn't pay his legal fees, so, like, he had no money, but he had a lot of show. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. There are ways that you can tighten your budget when you're in that type of situation. Yeah, like downgrade from an Escalade to a VW above. Exactly. That's one way. Sell your house. Yeah, which isn't easy. I get it. Sometimes, you know, it's not easy to sell a house, but do something. Don't don't steal. Just like, don't, you just don't, don't steal. And don't kill people. And don't kill people so that you can steal. So this is how Looney Tunes he is. So we, he and his ex-wife, before they separated, um, he had been, he had been physically and mentally abusive to her throughout the relationship, and also had cheated on her several times because I guess he was a high roller and thought he needed. Wow, ladies. he's really an upstanding guy, yeah. this Larry. So at one point they had an argument in their home. Not Larry. Not Larry. Not Larry. Larry's a upstanding. Good man. I apologize. He's, a good man. he's in heaven. Sorry, Leah. Yeah. So, Bernie. Bernie. So, Bernie and his wife, what, one time, they were at home and they were in a big argument. Right. And he pushed her and punched her. What? And then she said she was going to call the police. So, he ran upstairs and before she could dial the police, a gun goes off. Oh. She goes running upstairs and he's laying face down on the bedroom floor. And when she goes to check on him, he turns over and looks at her and said, I was wondering if you still loved me. <gasps> like, what kind what? of sick asshole does that? Oh, my god! Like, scared the crap out of her. Yeah, that's the kind of person he was. Like, he's a completely loony tank. So he didn't shoot himself. He just no, shot the gun. He and shot the gun. Down. Oh, my god! Yeah, and she thought, oh, my God, he's killed himself. And runs up there and checks on him. And he turns over and laughs in her face. I was wondering if you still loved me. God. This yeah. guy is a, at that a point, ticket. I would have been like, bye-bye. I hope he's got a cell with a big old bubba. Me too. He got 25 years for manslaughter. And then he he says he's going to pay back the $250,000. I don't know how you're going to do that when you are actually in jail. Like, how are you going to... Well, I'll tell you how <laughs> they do it. You you get a job, you work release. Yeah. I don't think and you gotta work at a Piccadilly cafeteria. He's Looney Tunes. No, he needs on the weekends because you don't have any bills to pay because your room and board is covered by the taxpayers. I agree. I think the only thing they're gonna let him do is maybe, maybe some light kitchen duty, custodial work, or press on some. He could do laundry or he could press some license plates. But oh, I think they make like thirty cents an hour. If I'm not mistaken, and this is information I have from a boss that I had who went to jail when I worked for him. And when he got out, he told some jail stories. The, the kitchen duty is very highly coveted. I mean, you gotta really yeah. be somebody. Well, and you have to be on really good behavior because you're yeah. handling hot pot, hot pots. Hot and pots. knives. And knives. Yeah, he told a story about one and... night he was cleaning up and he noticed that the metal piece on the Reynolds wrap box was missing. Yeah. He said, I called the guards. I was like, nothing, not me. missing, nothing. Yeah, exactly. That was smart because, yeah. and you know what's really scary? Somebody probably keistered that. Probably. Ew. Oh, my God. Ew. 
Yeah. So anyway, this guy I'm hoping has a really, really uncomfortable life. Me too. Because he was absolutely the most Looney Tunes guy. I mean, he just was horrible. And then the fact that he, you know, he went to the guy's funeral. He's trying to be Mr. Hero. And right. Trying to comfort everybody. And the whole time that scumbag knew exactly what he did. And thought that he was going to get away with it because he was loss prevention. Oh, yeah. big loss prevention. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make you a detective. No. Whole. No. No. So anyway, that's wow. my murder story. And that I, is crazy. Yeah, he's still in jail. He's in a state, New York State prison somewhere. Good. I don't know where exactly. I think he should stay there. I really, I don't want to go see him because they won't let me hit him or anything. No, so if I, I can't punch him in the throat mm -hmm. or pop his eye, I don't want to go see him. Yeah, see, I think it would be fun if they would just let you go and randomly visit a guy like Bernie, and then just the whole time you sit across, like they handcuff him, and then you just sit in a chair across from him, and you just thump him in his eyeball, like, yeah. for five hours. Like, I would do that. Yeah. I'll completely do that, but I don't know. They won't let you. There's so many rules about that. It's a lot of rules. But the, the, the main rule is if you kill people, we will talk about you. And you will go to jail. And you're going to go to jail, you big doofus brain. God. Yeah. Here's some things he could have done. He could have picked his damn hat up off the floor at any point. He could have said, no, no, that's my hat. When I when I heard about um, yeah. Larry, I ran and I dropped my hat. There's yeah. so many things he could have done. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. So, anything. He could have not killed Larry. He could have not killed Larry. He could have said, Larry, I'm in deep doo-doo here, and I've been stealing from stores, and I just need for you to let me get away. Yeah. And Larry might have said, dude, let me help you. Yeah. He might you have. You don't know. He was a very kind and caring person. He was. Very empathetic. They said he had a lot of empathy. Yeah. And they said when a, an employee was having a bad day, he did everything he could to turn that bad day around for that employee. Wow. Like, what a good guy. And then stupid-ass Bernie, who's Mr. High Roller. Like, listen, if I meet a guy and he's, he's got, like, a, he's rolling up in an Escalade and he's got this huge $450,000 home and he's, like, throwing bills around and then he says, I, I'm anything except the owner of Toys R Us. Right. I'm like, dude, you're either li you're either living beyond your means, you're lying to me. Or you're making up for something. Or something's happening there in your little brain and you're making you more than you are. I think little might be the problem. Well, I'm thinking that he was overcompensating for some little teeny part right, of his right, body. Right. So that's my story. Wow, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good, I mean, it's not good because somebody died and somebody was widowed and Wait. their children, they what were. What just happened? Hello? Are we not recording? I don't know what we're doing. Oh, we are recording. We're oh, still recording. Yeah. I'll be deleting all this. Not a gremlin. It was just a gremlin. It was a gremlin. <laughs> so that's the story and how are those cookies doing? They're doing I'm really good. Um, the first batch comes out of the oven in two minutes. Woohoo! So I'm gonna put it on pause so that she can get her cookies out and get them situated and put more in because I don't I don't want to mess up her mojo. Okay, hold on. Okay, we're back. And we're back. Yes. Now Karen's watching after my cookies. Uh-huh. And I'm eating them too. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm not eating them, not yet. Um, okay, so this is I'm gonna try another game because the last game Nobody played it. It made me feel really bad, and it hurt my feelings terribly. Oh, so good. So we're going to try another game. Yeah. Um, 
the first five people who post on any of our social media accounts or email or email us that use the code word cherries. 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 Let's spell it for them. C H E R R I E S. Cherries. Cherries. Yes. Not cherries, which is C H E E R. I E S and not Cheerios. No, not Cheerios. It's cherries, cherries. multiple cherry. Cherries. That's the code word. Cherries. Code word. Cherries. And the password is. Cherries. Okay, what the hell's your murder? I'm tired of this game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, first five, post something, and we'll send you something in the mail. So our email is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Sugarcoated Murder. And you can go to our Facebook fan page. I said it right this time. You did. And it's the Sugarcoated Murder fan group page. Podcast. Podcast fan group. Pod. Just do it. Yeah. Just find that. You'll find that. it. You're it's fine. Not that hard. It's good. Or, yeah, that's it. All right. On a hot day in May. Oh, well, it's a hot day in April. April. Yeah, 2004. Mm, it's been a little while. There was a fisherman enjoying his beautiful day out on the gorgeous Chesapeake Bay. I love the Chesapeake Bay. And, and um, watching this uh, program on, I think it was on uh, 48 Hours mm -hmm. that I was watching, when they showed the clips of where the fisherman was, it was just to the right of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, the, of the bridge, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, not the tunnel, but the bridge, right at Chicks Beach. That's the in tunnel. In Virginia Beach. That's the Bay Bridge Tunnel. Right. Yeah. So remember when, when we lived in Virginia Beach, our mom lived at Chicks Beach. Yes, she did. And we used to go sit on that beach and we could see that. that we used to walk underneath it. We did. Underneath the bridge. Right. So this fisherman was in that area. Oh, wow. Virginia Beach, yes. Mm. So he's out enjoying his day, doing his fishing, and all of a sudden he sees a suitcase floating in the water. Oh, my. Yes. So he's like, well, let me get that suitcase. Yeah, because it might be some loot. Right. Some booty. So he said, I'm not going to open that suitcase. I'm going to call the police. Yeah, that's a good, this is a good smart man. Yeah, I'm going to let the police look at what's inside that suitcase. He said, hello, Popo. Yeah, so he calls the Virginia Beach Police Department, and the Marine Patrol comes <gasps> out to his boat. That's fun. Yeah, and they, they investigate what the heck's happening with this suitcase. Yeah. Inside the suitcase, an officer finds a trash bag. When he opens the trash bag, he finds a pair of human legs. Oh God! From the knees down. No way! I know. That's not what I was thinking no. was going to be in there. I thought it was going to be drugs. I thought it was going to be money. Uh, what? No. I just wanted it to be like a suitcase full of money. I thought it was going to be drugs. Mm. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. Anywho. Or some lingerie. Well, five days later. Another suitcase washes up on the shore. Uh, uh, I don't like this game. Yeah, yeah. And inside that suitcase, mm -hmm. they find the torso of a white male. His head and arms were still attached. So head, arms, torso. Right? Head and shoulders, shoulders. knees and toes, knees yeah. and toes. Didn't head and shoulders, shoulders. missing knees and toes, yeah. knees and toes. <laughs> <laughs> and soon after that, a third suitcase. 
suitcase was found. What could be in this suitcase? The rest of the body. Wait a minute. We had the head, the torso, the arms. Right. Oh, we were missing the thighs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I'm thinking from the thighs. Um, Maybe to his waist. Just above his waist. Yeah. That's okay. what I'm thinking happened. Why would they put it in a suitcase? Three different suitcases. Well, I get the three different, but why not just dump him in the in the water, like way out to sea, and probably he'd be chum by the time anybody Maybe. found any piece of him, but in a suit. And what kind of luggage is this? Nice luggage. I mean, it, it was the kind that I mean, had the rollers on it and the handle. Was it like the international kind, like we have, like that's the hard plastic? I wonder. No, it looked like it, had, it was a fabric, like the old school one we used to take before the hard plastic came out. Okay. So, I'm just saying that's that's some good luggage somebody's throwing away. They just threw it out. Yeah, it out. Three pieces of it. Mm. Anyway, they were able to identify the victim as Bill McGuire. Bill McGuire. And they also were able to determine that all three of those suitcases had been thrown into the bay from the Chesapeake Bay Bridge tunnel. So somebody had been driving across that bridge that connects Virginia to the eastern shore of Maryland. Yeah. It's $18 to cross. It's not cheap. It still has 18? I think it went up. To money? I don't know. When I looked at it, it said 18, but okay. it could be more than that now. Yeah. It's 17 miles long. Last week when we had all that bad weather that came through, mm -hmm. there was a tractor trailer that got blown over that bridge. I saw that. You see that footage? Off. And he was hanging off. And two people passing by threw that man a rope to put around his body, or his waist, so that if the whole thing fell, that he wouldn't go with it. It was wow. really scary. It's yeah. amazing footage. So and I think I saw footage of the one of the rescuers being lowered in by a crane or something to get the man out. Yeah, he was paralyzed with fear. That guy was the oh. girl that stopped said she could visibly see him shaking from where she was on the bridge. Oh my gosh. I would have been too. Me too. That's like I have a hard time with bridges anyway. Yeah. Always have and well, tunnels. Since I lived in Maryland, yeah, the, we we had a huh. particularly creaky, a little crickety, and then moving here, it's the land of the bridges. The bridges that had to be emergency shut down because they All had the cracks in them, and they and we still go over them. And I hate them because mm -hmm. when you get stuck in traffic at the top of one, the whole bridge bounces. It just yes. is so unnerving. It's unnerving. It's difficult. I don't, I'm not a big fan of bridges, and I really don't like tunnels. So when you put that Bay Bridge tunnel together, right. it's terror for me. It, it's not, it's not, that's why we don't the, go across it. Right, and the craziest part is that that tunnel is going under all that water. Yes. And that freaks me out even more. I know. Yeah. So, imagine being going across that bridge and just stopping off and throwing out some suitcases along the way. Well, I mean, there are, there are some pull-off places that I, you can... Pull off unless know. unless you just want to try to drive and fling at the same time. Maybe. Oh know. yeah, maybe. Drive and fling. Yeah. But you'd have to be flinging out the passenger side, so you'd either have to have help, right, or you got to have a really good arm to fling a a body filled suitcase point. through that is the window. I wonder if those investigators need to talk to me at all. They might. We might need to reopen the case. I'm sure. Okay. Wow. Thank God I did. Thank this God time. I'm on the case. Yeah. So three months after they identified Bill McGuire's body, police arrest his wife, what? Melanie McGuire, at their home on the Jersey Shore. They lived in New Jersey. Okay, but what I'm she saying is... She had driven all the way from New Jersey 
to go across that tunnel to, to throw his body to throw his body into the Chesapeake Bay. And we're sure about this. I'll keep going. <laughs> so Bill and Melanie married in 1999. Melanie. Melanie. <laughs> Less than a year later, they had their first child. Aww. Melanie was a nurse at a fertility clinic, and Bill was a computer science teacher at a local technical college. Oh. All was well with the McGuire's. In New Jersey? In New Jersey. But that happiness didn't last long. By the time they had their second child, Bill and Melanie were barely speaking. Oh. Melanie, Bellany. Bellany, <laughs> no. that's their nickname. No, Bellany. No. Like, what was Jennifer and Brad Pitt? Brennifer? Brennifer? Brad? Brennifer? I don't know. Jennifer? 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 Did this Brad. even exist or was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was Brad Brangelina. Brangelina. Was, that was oh, the wrong sorry. one. Sorry, second wife. Darn it. Sorry, Jennifer. Dang. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, anyway, Melanie, Melanie. Um, blamed the problems on Bill's frequent trips to Atlantic City. Because oh, Bill, he was a gambler. Oh, dang. And Mel Melanie said that Bill became very volatile and that he even knew how to piss people off. Ooh, well, so, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but even though they weren't getting along and Bill was volatile, Melanie decided to stay in the marriage for the kids mm. and they bought a house. They bought a new house because right. they had a growing family. Right? And a gambling problem. <laughs> gambling problem. What better way than to buy a house? Actually, they had had the baby. They bought the house. They just, yeah. And, right. So the night that they bought the house, after the closing, they went back. They were living in an apartment. Mm -hmm. They went back to the apartment. And Melanie said that they got into a huge fight Ugh. about a dryer sheet. What? You heard me. A freaking dryer sheet. Just the one dryer sheet? Correct. Like, whose is this? <laughs> whose dryer sheet is this? This is not the brand that I use. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Bill didn't like dryer sheets. He didn't <laughs> like them. And he became, Was he scared of them? <laughs> he became furious. Furious? When she found one stuck to some clothes. You gotta be kidding I'm me. I'm so mad at you for that freaking dryer sheet. Okay. As a matter of fact, Melanie said he became so mad that he grabbed the dryer sheet, pushed her up against the wall, and put the dryer sheet right in her mouth. <gasps> he, was, he said, I'm going to make you eat this damn dryer sheet. dryer sheet. You like this dryer sheet so much? <laughs> see how you'll like it now. And then she said about that time one of the children walked in, and he let Melanie go. And then she said she picked up the child and ran and locked herself in and the child in the bathroom. Good for you, Melanie. So they're having an argument now through the bathroom uh, with, the child, with the child about the right. dryer sheet. I don't know where the other child was because they had to, but they're having this big fight. The other like, one was in the laundry room trying to get rid of all the rest of the dryer <laughs> sheet. Let's get rid of the dryer sheet. My God. With these no more wire, I mean, dryer <laughs> sheets. So he's yelling, I'm leaving you and I'm taking the kids. And she's yelling back, you know, leave, but you'll never get my kids, and blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. So Bill packs his bags, 
gets in his car and he leaves. Okay. Two days later, Melanie filed a restraining order. Uh -huh. Two days okay. later. Two days. As a means to protect herself and to ensure that Bill could go to the school and pick up the children and just leave them. All right. So Bill's sister, meanwhile, meanwhile, has been trying to call Bill. She had tried a couple of days after he left. He didn't answer. He didn't return any calls. Oh, suitcase he packed in. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> They're just nothing, nothing from Bill. And after several weeks, she kept calling Melanie and saying, Melanie, why, why aren't you filing a missing persons report? Because I hate your brother. Why aren't you glad he's gone. doing something? He's the father of your children. And Melanie said, listen, it's not unlike Bill to throw a temper tantrum and go off the bridge for a while. All right. She said off the grid, not off the bridge, right? Right. Okay. Well, no, we need to open up that investigation. I'm telling you, I'm really on to this. I think these investigators might need to hear from they me. They might. They, they might. Yeah, you'll have to contact them. I sure will. They'll be so thrilled to hear from me. <laughs> so it was three and a half weeks after Bill left that Melanie um, decided to file for divorce. Not, not a missing person. <laughs> Not if I can't find him. She's like, okay, it's been three She's and a half thinking, weeks. I don't know where he is. I'll just slip this divorce right on through before he shows up. Right. Let me just go ahead and file for divorce. Yeah. And unfortunately, this was about the time that suitcases became popping up in the Chesapeake Bay. Aw. So the Virginia Beach Police Department started an investigation. Okay. They were able to determine that Bill had been shot in the head and torso with a 38 caliber gun. The police searched for clues um, in Virginia Beach and they actually notified Melanie over the phone that her they had found her husband's body and he was dead. Okay. So, and, and did she say, well, let him know that the divorce papers have gone through? <laughs> It didn't, this show didn't exactly talk about what her reaction was, but mm -hmm. I don't think that nobody really cares. Watching her talk about what was going on, I'm not so sure that nobody she cared. Believe that right. She cared. Okay. Um, so evidence as to what happened was hard to come by because the suitcases had been saturated with water. Um, but there were some clues that pointed to Melanie. Oh. For instance, there was a blanket wrapped around the torso, and it was happened to be from the fertility, fertility clinic where Melanie worked. Fertility? She worked fertility, at a fertility, fertility. fertility clinic. She was a nurse at a fertility clinic. It was clinic. a fertility fraternity. A fraternity. <laughs> It was a fertility fraternity, and they had blankets. Blankets <laughs> with their Greek letters on them. Yes. And that's what his torso was wrapped in. Oh, gosh. What, well, what the hell, Melanie? Melanie, honey, you didn't think that went through. Come on. I mean, just use the blanket off the kids' beds. Oh, my gosh. Anything. So detectives from Virginia Beach asked Melanie to, to like, confirm that the suitcases found belonged to she and Del. And she didn't want to. She didn't. I don't want to say. Right. I don't want to. She's like, well, I can't be sure. And they showed her more pictures and she was like, okay, yes, they were ours. Definitely Those not. were our suitcases. 
I've been looking everywhere for them. Oh, I've been trying to find for them. For sake. And there was a blanket in one of them. Did you find Did it? Did you find that missing blanket? Because I've really been looking for that. Because the children have been asking for it. So then she also um, just reconfirmed with those police that, you know, he's a gambler in Atlantic City. It's Atlantic City, and he really does... Um, have an app for pissing people off. Huh? That was her big thing. Like, you know, this could be a hit. This could be somebody after him that's from. And she knows he's got an app for pissing people off because he done pissed her off. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Bill's car was found in Atlantic City. Well, how convenient that I she know. keeps saying that's where he likes to go. Right. Police searched the McGuire's house. They had a storage unit. They searched that and they searched Bill's car. But they didn't find any evidence of a murder of this memory. Um, so they said. Piper. So the investigation kind of stalled out a little bit for the leading police because there really wasn't a whole lot more they could do. They weren't going to go to New Jersey and continue to investigate. So they took everything that they had, they compiled it all in a file and sent it to the police in New Jersey. They tossed it over the fence. They said, Jersey, you got this. You got the ball, Jersey. So the New Jersey State Police said, all right, well, he was killed with a 38 caliber gun. I think what we'll do is we'll check and see if there's been any recent paperwork by the McGuire's file where they might have purchased a 38 caliber gun. Oh, yeah. Well, Lo and behold. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. They found paperwork that where Melanie had purchased a 38 caliber gun just 48 hours before uh -uh. he disappeared. 48 hours. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't think I believe the dryer sheet situation. <laughs> really? <laughs> now I'm thinking it was not about the dryer sheet. You don't think so? No. Right. There's so much more. Because if, if it was, maybe they could have bounced back. Get it? Oh. Bounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I downy know. <laughs> oh, the cops took her downy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> downy to the jail. Oh. So Melanie says, yes, I bought that gun, but I bought it for Bill because he says he needs protection. From the dryer sheet. Right. And he couldn't buy it himself because he had a felony on his record. A felony with he Melanie? Was a, he was a felony. <laughs> he was a felon. He was a felon. Because he had a really, really bad driving record. So he was, he was a bad driver. That was, he was a felony driver. Felony driver? Right. Okay. So Melanie said that Bill wanted the gun for protection because, you know, he had a knack for pissing people off. Oh, that's right. Unfortunately, that gun was never found. Huh. It's probably in the Chesapeake Bay. They said, all right, we've got a lady. She's, she's confirmed that her husband's dismembered body was found in suitcases that belonged to her and Bill. We found out, oh, by the way, 48 hours before her husband disappeared, she purchased a 38 caliber gun, and Bill was shot and killed with a 38 caliber gun. And there were no dryer sheets found at the house. There's been no confirmation of a dryer sheet involvement. There was no dryer sheet conflict. No, no, there doesn't seem to be a dryer sheet conflict. Damn it. So police said, we're going to tap her phone, and we're going to see what we can find out. So we're going to tap her phone, and record her conversations and we're even going to try and get some of her friends to call her and see if she'll confess anything to them. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Missed you at Bridge Club. Did you kill your hostage? I went to the store. Did you need anything? Did you kill your husband? Do you need any dryer sheets? Can I get you a dryer sheet or some bullets? Hyper. In no time at all, they discovered that Miss Melanie and her boss, Dr. Brad Miller, had been having an affair for more than two years. Dirty birds. That's what the argument was about. And probably that man used dryer sheets, and that's what Bill found. And he knew it belonged to Bill Miller. That is not our dryer sheet. That is one of that the is Miller's. Bill Miller's dryer Clearly sheet. Because you know I don't like them. Sheet. They're not allowed in my house. <laughs> well, it sounds like a motive to murder for me. Me too. But listening to the interview and watching Dr. Bill, Dr. Dr. Brad, Brad. Brad, sorry, Dr. Brad on the stand when he talked about he and. Melanie hooking up in the office when she was like 38 weeks pregnant. Ew! Uh, so he was a fertility doctor? Yeah. What do you want to bet? He is one of those icky fraternity doctors that's like really fathered 500 children. Oh my god, he might be. Yeah, he probably fathered her child. I don't think so. Ew, that's nasty. Anyway, yeah. And she was like, well I fell in love with him because he made me feel so good about myself. Okay. That's just gross. That's just gross. It's yeah, it's that's disgusting. So, further investigation found that old Melanie had been in Atlantic City, City the night after Bill left. Oh, well, how fancy. She went to look for him. Oh, uh, well, where were her children? She said, I found his car in Atlantic City. Okay. How do you find just like you drive to Atlantic City and you know where his car is going to be parked? Yep. Okay. And then she finds it and then goes home. No, oh. she didn't. Oh. She said, I, I was pissed, so I moved it to another place. Why would you do that, you piss dumb off. nitwit? I just moved that car to another place. Because I'm spiteful. Right. Because I hate my husband because I had an affair <laughs> when I was pregnant. Yeah. So things are not looking Nothing good is going good for Melanie yeah. right now. I don't it's like really her. It's starting to pile up against Melanie. Yeah. So 13 months after the suitcases popped up, Melanie was arrested for the murder of her husband, Bill McGuire. Well, nine months later, Melanie's trial starts. At the trial, the prosecutor shows a prescription that had been written on Melanie's bosses, that be Dr. Brad's, mm-hmm. prescription pad for chloral hydrate, a powerful sedative. What the prosecutor thought happened was Melanie had drugged Bill, he had fallen asleep, she shot him, and then she cut him up. Where were her children? I don't know. I need to know. Were they there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. I don't. I'm just worried about those children. Unfortunately, there were no drugs found in Bill's system. I don't know. Do you know why? Because he... Because he was in the ocean. Yeah, he'd been floating in the water. Yeah, so it washed it away. Nothing left. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, prosecutors also showed that when they searched the home, they got their computer, and they found a search history for how to use chloroform, how to purchase guns, undetectable poisons, how to commit murder. (gasps) 
That's not good. And she said it was the two-year-old. I, I told her. So I do show you to think what people would think about my search history. Oh yeah, true. Me too. This, so, but yeah. I'm not planning to kill anybody. So I feel like I'm okay. I'm not planning to kill anybody, and I don't. I don't look at poisons that you can't detect. I just look at murder cases that have been solved. Because Mama said we can only look at the ones that have been solved. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah. that would be a stupid thing for me to do and go out and murder somebody if I just found out. This is how they solved it, and then I go do the same thing. Yeah, no. So that's just not who I am. And I'm just going to say right now, out loud, I don't like to get my hands dirty. Oh, gosh. So no. I am not going to touch a dead body. I'm not going to cut one up. I'm not going to put it in a no, suitcase, and, and I'm not putting it in I a car. I thought it was just a latex. Yes, So I can't even wear the gloves. No. So, and the non-latex gloves aren't as thick as the latex gloves. You can feel so, everything. Yeah. I wouldn't, that's gross. I wouldn't trust that, so I'm not going to get my... And I'm a really bad shot, so even if the guy was passed out cold, it would probably take 20 shots before I got one in his knee. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Also, not my forte. No, yeah. So, Melanie, Mel, 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 Melanie. Now? <laughs> I swear we are not drinking today. We are not drinking. Maybe that's the problem. I, Darren and I were talking about how we needed to start drinking with this. Like, now that I've recovered pretty much from my surgery, uh, we've decided that we need to get a little bit of Sailor Jerry and some good bourbon in the house. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm on board. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next so, podcast, we could be slurring a word. She was found guilty of murder, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Her children are being raised by Bill's sister. Aww. So, there you go. Melanie. Melanie. Oh, why can't I see that? Melanie. Melanie, Melanie will be eligible for parole in 2073. She will be a little over 100 years old. Oh, I can't wait for her birthday. <laughs> so, yay, yay, and Where yay. is she in prison? She's in New Jersey. I guess they feel the crime was committed in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's who so, convicted her, I'm yeah. sure. They, they took her down in Jersey. And it was really interesting because on this episode of 48 Hours, they had given her, the 48 Hours team had given her a little video camera and asked her to keep a video diary. Oh, before, in jail? Like, before she, when she was on trial. Okay. So she would come home in the evenings and videotape herself, you know, about what had happened. And just oh. listening to her talk about, number one, she's not, like, sobbing, tearful. If I had been on trial for the murder of my husband, the father of my two children, I would be so distraught. I would have told 48 hours, first off, I can't do a video diary. No. There's no way. I have to come home and go to work. I'd have to be sedated. I would have to be sedated. I would take to the bed. Right. So she comes home and does these video diaries and talks about things that had happened in court. And um, when when Bill's sister testified, who, by the way, said Bill would be part of the plea, that he... He just was a very kind-hearted man, dedicated father. She didn't see the angry dryer sheet, dryer sheet bill that Melanie proclaimed existed. Yeah. Um, That's but sad. the day that the doctor and another one of her friends testified, she's really mad at this one guy because she was like, "Yeah, he just he has a crush on me, and he's got a vendetta <laughs> against me, and that's why he said those things." But then she kind of softened, and she was like, but when Brad testified, oh my God. he really, really made me feel That's so special. gross. I know. 
And Brad has moved on. Like he, of course, he has. He's like, Mayor Cooper, I got, I got involved with a Looney yeah, Tune, and she a, might kill me. He's got a fatal attraction. Yeah, affair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got one of those stories. Like, no, I'm not stepping out on my no, life again. No, not again. Mm -mm. So it was crazy. That sounds really crazy. Yeah. So that is murder in Jersey. Yeah. There's so a little dip of your toe in the Chesapeake Bay. A little dip, and I do, I do appreciate the Chesapeake Bay in all sorts of ways. I wanted to go back to my murder just really quick because I failed to name my sources and I had oh wait not my sources. I don't think we can do no, that. No, not persons. I didn't. It's not a person. So you can't go back. No, I Sorry. can't go back. I can drop this right in front and you won't ever know it. So shut up. Shut up. I'm shut up. <laughs> so I just wanted people to know that I did use um, Oxygen, had a show called Murder by Morning. Oh, oh. I know. That's I how that. I stumbled upon this. I caught like the last 20 minutes of this episode and then I started doing some research. I also used a blog called Business First of Buffalo that had an interview with his wife with um, Jill, Larry's wife. Oh, okay. I used an ABC News blog and an online Buffalo news report called, um, or news report by this website called WBFO. Okay. So I had multiple sources and I did want to cite them because some of the things that I talked about was directly from those and I don't want anybody to think that I was plagiarizing. So I wanted to name my sources. Right. So, so there's a new show that's coming out on, I think it's on e uh, is that about the court cases? Yes, it's called Accused, Guilty or Innocent, where they follow the yeah. person from beginning to end of the trial. I've, I've um, set that to record already. It starts on Tuesday. Pause for a second and just bring up that secret word. Cherries. Don't forget cherries. cherries. First five people to answer and on social media, which is Instagram or Facebook or through email, you will get a prize. We are not going to tell you what kind of prize it is. It's a great prize. But we don't really even know what the prize is yet because we, we haven't do. decided. We have it. I know. Whatever. So anyway, code word cherries, first of all. Oh. Sorry, we had to pause because our dinner came. To our the dinner. dinner was delivered and we got it from this um, restaurant on Daniel Island called Dockery's. And just in case anybody's local and wants to use them they have an app and you can they deliver it to you or you can go pick it up but in our delivery bag was a roll of toilet paper i love it when we do that it's, so it's very thoughtful and it's a they drop it at the door and knock he's got gloves on he walked away and stood there way way away from me to make sure i picked it up out of the doorway and so um, hats off to them yeah so anyway cherries code word five pe first five people they get a prize social media email and keep listening to us. And don't forget, go on YouTube and subscribe to our channel, which is Karen and, which is the and symbol that I can't say that word. Ampersand. And space sugar-coated one word. And that's on YouTube. We really need some subscribers on there so we can use your help and your love. And you can subscribe and forget us. We don't give a crap. We just need subscribers right, right now. <laughs> so um, if you're not following us on Instagram, please follow us on Instagram. It's a lot of fun on there. And, of course, we've got our fan page as well. So, And we're trying to get a, a regular Facebook page going. But, you know, we're slow with technology. Give us a break. We're in our 50-something. We're in our 50. And we both have full-time jobs. And we both have full-time jobs, yes. And we both have full-time lives. Yeah. So we love you. Oh wait, let's let's taste these. Yes, yeah, let's, let's taste smells. The fragrance when you take them out of the oven of those cherries is so good. Mm.
Mm -hmm. Come on, lots of good cooking. Oh my God, Fuga, you nailed it. Thank you. Mm. Definitely the cherries are so good. They're tart and they're sweet and they're so yummy. So. so I found them at Walmart. That's even better. Yeah. All right, social distance. Wash your hands. We love you. Keep listening. Stay sweet. Have a good week. And okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.